This is the Truth Network. Coming to you from an entrenched barricade deep in the heart of Central North Carolina. Masculine Journey After Hours. A time to go deeper and be more transparent on the topic covered on this week's broadcast. So sit back and join us on this adventure. The Masculine Journey After Hours starts here now. You know, After Hours is a much better call for the show than the after show, like I called it. <laughs> <laughs> like I called it in the last uh, part of the episode. But yeah, it's After Hours is probably better thought out but uh yeah if you're just joining us if you didn't listen to the the first show or if you're just coming in from the for the first show we have been talking about you know where are you finding god right now in the situation you're in and the only part that we got to really was where you're finding where you expect to find him and is it harder or easier now jim hasn't answered the harder or easier question which we'll ask him here in a second but uh the the second part of it that we want to talk about right now is where are you finding god where you don't really expect to and so we want to go ahead here in a second and get to a clip um, from Rodney. But uh, I guess the premise would be, you know, where are some of those times that all of a sudden you're, you're watching something, you're listening to something, you're seeing something, a thought comes in, and you're like, wow, boom, there's God. You know, or, or God prompts you in some way. And it'll become more clear as we talk through it in the, in the show. But Rodney, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about this clip, and we'll, we'll go ahead and play it. Well, it came to my mind when you is the first thought when you said, "Where do you see God?" Is well, where do you find God? And then it popped into my head about finding Nemo, and then immediately, of course, then there's Dory, who is absent-minded. She doesn't know what's going on, and you kind of get a good picture of that here when she meets Nemo for the first time, who she's trying to find. And it's kind of if you watch the movie, you kind of catch the part where he says his name. And you think, oh, she's going to realize that's Nemo. And she's like, oh, catchy name. You know, and just doesn't realize what she what she actually has right in front of her, what she's been looking for to try to, who she's been trying to find. So it's just a good little humorous clip. No! Um, excuse me. No. Are you all right? I don't know where I am. I don't know what's going on. I think I lost somebody, but I... I can't remember. And it's I okay. Remember. It's okay. I'm looking for someone too. Hey, we can look together. I'm Dory. I'm Nemo. Nemo? That's a nice name. Is it your dad or my dad? My dad. Got it. Dad! Where are we anyway? Dad! Dad! Huh. So, so shy. Sydney. <gasps> P. Sherman, 42, Wallaby, Sydney. 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 Rodney, what was it about that that really said, "Oh, I got, I got to have this clip"? Well, the hard part was choosing which one. Yeah, because there's so many good clips in that movie that would go to this point because just the character of Dory, where she just can't remember and she's trying to figure things out. But like right here specifically, I love it where they're they're both looking for somebody, 
And that's what we're doing. We're searching for God. And, you know, whether you admit it or not, that's, that's what we're all looking for. And fortunately, we don't find him. He finds us because we'd never find him if we had to do it on our own. So just this back and forth, your dad or my dad? Okay, your dad. And then she has this epiphany finally when she sees Sydney, and then all of a sudden everything rings, the, the address. I'm trying to look for somebody. Oh, yeah, it's you. It's Nemo. Oh, I found you. Oh, I know your dad. Your dad. Oh, man. And all this starts coming through to her. And that's the way I feel so many times in my Christian walk where it's like, I'm so near God. And then the next minute, I'm not. And then the next hours, I'm not. And then it's like this epiphany. Oh, yeah, that's right. I'm a child of God. Then I have that another epiphany. Oh, yeah, I'm a child of God. And it just keeps like this kind of like uh, Groundhog Day, you know, where it's just like, Oh yeah, that's right. I have a relationship with you. Why? Why am I go to you first? Why am? Why am I not? So I kind of feel like in my Christian walk, I can be much like Dory. So your Delta name would be Flounder. Flounder. <laughs> 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 Another great one. <laughs> you, you look so much like John Belushi. <laughs> <laughs> Why, thank you. I'm looking more like him the longer this stay at home thing goes on. Because <laughs> that's, you know, there's a lot of comfort food you can find when you really, when you really got time to look for it. So, <laughs> anyway, you, you know, Rodney, kind of along those lines, I remember one time hearing a uh, person do a, a synopsis of the, the movie Fifty First Dates. Now, it's not the, the, the best family movie by any stretch of the imagination. I wouldn't recommend it for families by any kind. Uh, maybe your family's much older and they have a different sense of humor. But the whole premise of, the, of that movie is you know, Adam Sandler is, is courting Drew Barrymore, and she had an accident, a car accident. And so every time she goes to sleep at night, she wakes up the next day, and it's like Groundhog Day. You know, but she doesn't remember anything that's happened before that day. She has long-term memory, but no short-term memory. And so he's pursuing her the whole movie, trying to get her to uh, love him. You know, and to show her love and give her love, you know, and he he equated that to our relationship with God. Mm. You know, that God's constantly courting us, coming mm-hmm. after our hearts in ways, and we wake up the next day a lot of days and just have no clue to what happened. Mm. No. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. You know, and uh, um, we'll go ahead and we'll move over to Jim here in a second. But I want to answer the question that a lot of times I find God. Uh, in ways that I don't expect, and a lot of times it's in movies or TV shows, mm-hmm. you know, because my mind's kind of engaged into a story, and I'm not really honestly thinking about God at that point. I'm following whatever the storyline is of the show, and then something will happen that just hammers my heart for one reason or another, and it'll take me to an emotional place that I can't understand. I remember watching a TV show or movie uh, years ago. I've only watched it once, but it was called, I think, The Judge, and it had Robert uh, De Niro and uh, uh, the guy that plays uh, Iron Man. I can't think of his name. Oh, Robert Downey Jr.? Robert Downey Jr. plays the son, and they have a really horrible relationship, but at some point he has to go home and take care of the dad. And there was a scene in there that just I could not stop bawling as Mm. soon as it started to play. And it took me back to a place as I processed it later on, and, and it took me to God. Hmm. Where I said, God, what in the world was that about? You know, it reminded me of being you know, 12, 13 years old, my dad of having had a stroke, hmm. me having to give him shots in the morning and take care of him and help him get ready hmm. you know, for the day, tie his shoes, you know, that kind of stuff. And, and just uh, 
some unrepented resentment Mm -hmm. towards God, some areas that I had not even known were still an issue. The God said, hey, Mm -hmm. we need to surface this. We need to kind of get at this Mm -hmm. and and get it out, you know, because it's going to fester there if we don't. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that's an, that's an example for me of a movie at, a, a, at one point, and it's happened many, many times. You know, I guess another quick example would be in the movie we used at the boot camp and the kid. Mm. And every time we'd watch the kid clip of the dad just being kind of ruthless to his son, it would always break me up from the standpoint, not from the fact that that's how my dad treated me as much as I felt like that's how I treated my kids mm. from time to time. And it just really would break my heart and I would come in at boot camp. And then this last boot camp, you know, Eli came to me after that session and said, dad, let's talk for a little minute. And he said that, that gave me a memory of some stuff between you and I, and I've talked about mm-hmm. it on other shows, but it was a time where I think God was really trying to get to some healing in our relationship, you know, and it kept bothering me for so long that I kept saying something and me saying something and him hearing it in the crowd, mm-hmm. you know, provoked him to kind of ask the question, that led us to the conversation mm-hmm. that really needed to happen so we could have some real healing in our relationship. And he and I have a great relationship, but it's much mm-hmm. better now that we dealt with some of those old issues mm-hmm. of, of how I used to be when he was young. And so, Jim, w- going on to you, where are some ways that you find God that you don't really expect to? Well, my most recent real encounter with God was... I won't say it was an argument, but I, I'll i just give you the background. Um, right as this was beginning to happen, my son called me and asked me if I would marry them yesterday. Uh, he's been with the young lady for quite a while, and they've been engaged for quite a while, but he you know, decided fairly recently they need to get married, and I was all for that. He asked if I'd do the ceremony, and without even thinking about it, I said yes, or praying about it, or anything else. You know, that was just something I wanted to do. And uh, then Corona hits, and my wife, who's a lot smarter than I am, is very careful about what's going on with this, and she was not sure she wanted to go to the wedding, and didn't think I should. And that occurred the other day, and I went out to mow, and I it just, for some, you guys know me, I don't cuss. Well, I sent, <laughs> a damn, I sent a damn to my son about hating this situation, and it really was about the situation. I wasn't angry with my wife, but she didn't want me to go. I wasn't sure I should go. It's like I said, she's usually right. I'm not, and I went out to mow just to burn off the energy and to get over being angry, and God spoke to me while I was mowing the lawn and pointed out that, well, you didn't ask me about doing this wedding, and I said, oh, I'm not supposed to, and, you know, it wasn't, no, that's not what I said, but you did it because you wanted it, not because it was what I wanted you to do. And it turned out that everything worked out beautifully. Carolyn did go. Uh, But my whole, 
my usual wedding message was greatly altered by what God told me I needed to say when I was there. So, yeah, it was the right thing to do, but I was doing it for the wrong reason. He showed up and corrected me. Mm-hmm. And and maybe at one of the places that I should look for God, too, is walking the grass, because I've had one other very significant encounter with God while I was born. Totally different thing, but it was a very peaceful one. But, you know, that's not really where you expect to run into God while you're mowing grass. Don't start the mower in the closet, please. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I might meet God doing that. (laughs) Yeah, you might meet him sooner than what you would anticipate. Yeah, Yeah. well, thank you, Jim. I appreciate it. Um, Robbie, let's let's, uh, ask you that question, and then we'll go to Harold after that. But... uh, where where are you finding God right now that you don't really expect to? I, you know, I guess have like a lot of people, you know, sought comfort. And one of the ways that I was seeking comfort was I'm a Star Trek fan. You know, I got Netflix, and you know, you can go back and you can watch episode one, two, three, four. You know, and so I found myself like just compelled. That I had to watch Star Trek, you know, before I went to bed mm. at night, you know, recently, mm. and you know, I'd sometimes watch two episodes of Star Trek, you know, and I was trying to understand. So I like conversational intimacy mm. with like God. What is it with Star Trek? Why? Why is my heart needing Star Trek? And he says to me, he said, because Captain Kirk, you're looking for story. You're looking for something to to help you understand the story that you are living in, and and your your heart's searching for that. And Captain Kirk is the Jesus figure. He always, mm-hmm. you know, it's the. I don't know if you remember the episode. Of, it was actually in one of the movies where they he was talking about that they gave him the 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 test of like the unsolvable mm. you know thing that they put him in a situation i'm trying to remember what it was called exactly but something like it's unsolvable and he still solved it you know that mm. was the deal like you cannot you, if you need you to go back in time if you need whatever you need to do in order to save the starship enterprise it's always going to happen and, and so i i find that <clears throat> fascinating that he met me right there where i was just mm. you know seeking comfort through binge watching star trek (laughs) but there i am yeah so you find jesus in the price lane guy (laughs) (laughs) no captain kirk you're right because he always had an answer he always figured out an answer to the problem they were facing right yeah there was always some solution some way to get through it true you know or sometimes you know circumstances just happen to where they they always were rescued or they made it. But nonetheless, it, you know, our heart, my heart, it's just, you know, one of the things mm-hmm. about this is that there's all these mysteries. And there's what appears to me to be total insanity mm-hmm. <laughs> in the media and in and, 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 and people's response. Like, it just makes absolutely no sense to me. And mm-hmm. there's certainly a part of this story that has – like you do not know how this story is going to play out right we have uh, and there's no precedent and and the numbers make no sense 
It depends on which way you look at the numbers, which day, on which report, it seems mm-hmm. like. And so we we have taken the route of we're not looking at the numbers. And, and yeah, I, I, I just I, wonder I, if that's kind of by design, it may you be. know, because I don't – I think that's – we. America and the world is so haughty, so arrogant that they got everything figured out. And this is maybe God saying, you ain't got everything figured out. Yeah. Your models, you know. No, there's no formula. Right. That's going to really work with God. Sure. You, you go back to the where we talked about at boot camps and stuff, the way Jesus did healing. He never really did it the same way twice. Mm-mm. Right. There was no formula right. with him. He one time spits in the mud, you know, mm-hmm. and, and puts it on the guy's eyes so he can see. And another time he does it a different way. And so I think that there is that mystery uh, uh, that God won't let us figure out some things. And I'm grateful he does put mm-hmm. people in place that allows us to get to vaccinations and those things, yeah. that hopefully at some point. But let's uh, go ahead and go to Harold. And Harold, how are you finding God these days in ways you don't necessarily expect? Um, I'm not currently able to think of anything like that, but thinking back into the past, um, the times that I found God in places where I didn't expect it is uh, when he saved my fat out of the fire on more than one occasion, a motorcycle accident that did occur, a near accident when I was in the Fiero that would have been sure death that uh, I can't explain any way other than an angel taking me around the the pickup truck that was right in front of me. Uh, I had five bypasses uh, after flatlining twice. So I look back at my life, and there there are times and circumstances where I know God had to be there or or I wouldn't be here talking to you on the phone. Uh, And yet I couldn't really expect him in any of those circumstances yet he was there. And, uh, you know, that that's comforting because he has a purpose for me or I wouldn't be here. And sometimes I wonder if I'm fulfilling that purpose, uh, but I know he loves me and I know he has things for me to do. Thank you. Andy, uh, so we're over <laughs> to you with this question and then we'll probably have some follow-up questions on some things. Okay, so... I, I guess me, you know, specifically something that's brought on where I, uh, you know, didn't didn't expect to meet God in a certain way. I don't know that I have. I'm like Harold. I don't know if I've really ran into that um, for this time period. But I know that there's been places in my life to where, you know, I didn't I didn't expect it when I got came down when I got involved with the masculine journey, for example. I, I mean. That was a time and a need and a place. It, it came. It, it, I'd been humbled. I'd I'd been to where I was like something's not working. I've got to go. There's there's more to God that I have not experienced, and I experienced God in a lot of different ways. But there's still something missing. I think more than anything is I just didn't. I, I had a close relationship with God, but I still did not have. I saw Him like my Father. I really didn't, and I think that's kind of what's brought everything else out possible. Is that. I really didn't feel like I could have that close type of connection to him. And I think a lot of what I've went through in the past, you know, four or five years, being hooked up with the ministry and a lot of searching is that he's met me there. He's positioned me in a time where, you know, in the previous, this would have rocked my world. 
and that I'm in a much better position. Please don't take this as that I've got it all figured out or anything like that. But I feel like I've tried to 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 continue. And he's done a lot of stuff where I've made a lot of mistakes, and he's had my uh, back, kind of like what Harold was saying. But he's also seen my heart. I mean, something that he put on my heart recently, I used to love to hear this scripture, and I hadn't heard it in a while until recently, which was a blessing. But for the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong and in behalf of them whose heart is perfect towards him. Now, that doesn't mean you're perfect, but your heart is perfect towards him or somebody that really wants to know God. And he's constantly looking. That's uh, 2 Corinthians, I mean, 2 Chronicles uh 16.9, and I say that so you can go look it up. But I love that scripture and the fact that God really is looking. We, we feel like sometimes we're searching from him, and we are. But it says he's looking to and fro, looking for somebody that's hard toward, turned towards him. And I think in this time, we're going to turn our hearts towards him. Most people, if you go look in the Bible, they don't come to God in blessing and plenty and favor. Those kinds of times, they usually come to him in some kind of crisis, and that's where we're at. So. That's cool, because, you know, it's funny. This morning, I was mm-hmm. studying that word perfect. And I don't know if you knew this in relationship mm-hmm. to your Second Chronicles passage, but the first place you find that word is God found Noah to be perfect in his generation. Yeah. And, you know, Noah is the picture of grace to some extent, because right. his name spelled backwards is grace in Hebrew. And, oh, cool. And so he was the first one who found favor which is always interesting to me. Noah must have been looking for favor mm-hmm. in God's eyes because Noah's the first person who found favor yeah. in God's eyes, and that's where you, you, the, the word grace is introduced. And that same little thing where he that's awesome is, 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 is that perfected. And I'm trying to think of the New Testament passage mm-hmm. that used that same term where mm-hmm. it says you got to be perfect. And I'm like, what? Yeah. i got to be perfect. <laughs> I thought right. that human beings couldn't be yeah, perfect. Yeah, that's what Jesus was talking to the the uh, Pharisees, and he said, "You got to get out the whole law right." And they're like, "The whole law right? <laughs> if you miss one, you're you're messed up." And that's where grace comes in. So. Yeah, I hey. think a, part of it is looking for God, mm-hmm. right? I, in this season, I think I'm finding it easier because I am acting more like a three year old in in the way that I'm asking mm. why more. Yeah, you because know, I'm out front. And I'm not not a whole lot I can do at the house right now, right? I mean, there's, you know, I'm looking at the weeds. Okay, it's time to get rid of the mm-hmm. weeds or whatever. And so walk around and the lilac bushes are there, and I just I just mesmerized by them. And and part of that is growing up. They were at my home in Indiana. It reminds me of my mom. It reminds me of you know just some really warm feelings about her because she always had me go clip them and bring them in. Mm-hmm. You know, in the house smelling like lilacs. But just asking, okay, God, why? why this you know today i'm sitting outside and just feeling the sun and the wind starts to pick up and i'm like oh yeah god you're in the wind too Mm -hmm. and and just being more alert to the message that he's sending you know some of it is just teaching your mind to look for it Mm -hmm. my boys and i were watching the uh, michael jordan series that came out this week and you know one of the i think it's in the first one uh, the first two the first two came out you know michael's talking about uh competitiveness where he gets his competitiveness and it comes from competing against I think is his older brother I think his name is Larry maybe um, but as it becomes very apparent very quickly that uh, whoever's doing better mm-hmm. in basketball is getting the father's approval 
right? And so Michael starts to believe, at least from his youth, youthful eyes, you know, the only way I'm going to get dad's approval is to beat my brother in basketball to be better at him than this, you know, and mm-hmm. it became the driving factor in his life. You know, and you can look at that and go, wow, you know, I mean, where have my father wounds? God, is there any that you haven't uncovered yet that I need to go dig into that may be leading me to some good things, but the driver mm-hmm. behind it's not necessarily healthy? Mm-hmm. I mean, Michael was a great competitor, and he was arguably the best basketball player to ever play. But that doesn't mean the motivation behind it came from a good place. It doesn't mean that that necessarily did or didn't give him peace down the road. Yeah. You know, part of that's what I was sharing about that story of the movie, The The Judge. You know, there was some anger still at my dad for having a stroke when I was little and he couldn't be there for me. Not that he wanted to have a stroke, but when you're youthful, you're young, you don't think adult thoughts. You know, and God had to go through and help strip that away. Mm. So, Andy, I could be at a place that I could walk closer to him as being my father. Mm-hmm. Because that, that whole issue with my dad and I was getting in the way of my father and I. Absolutely. Yep. You know, and so there's some of that that God's constantly saying, I've got stuff I'm trying to give you, but teaching your mind to look for it. Yeah. You know, my mind finally wrapped itself way around Star Trek. It was the Kobayashi Maru is what it was called, and it was the no-win mm-hmm. scenario. It's like they would train him, Star Trek, you know, captains mm-hmm. in order to – to put him in a, situ- in a situation where the computer would simulate something that you could not win no matter what. Mm-hmm. And Kirk broke into the computer and reprogrammed it so you could win <laughs> like the <laughs> night right. before the thing won. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> but when you think about salvation itself, it appears to be a no-win scenario. In other words, once man has fallen, it doesn't look like there's any way out of this deal. And, and 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 you you look at this, but fortunately, you know there is this character, and I yeah. guess my heart is just always looking for hope. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, that's where we are. Well, I think there's things that sal- salvation and mankind looked like there was no hope there. I think there's times in our life that situations occur that look like there's no hope or that that time's been lost that mm-hmm. we're beyond that somehow. But God can redeem all that. You know, and he's trying to redeem it is the point, that he's trying to get your attention, whether it's through a silly TV show, whether it's through the beauty of nature outside, whether it's through a song, whether it's through his word, through prayer, whatever that is, mm-hmm. he's constantly trying to get your attention saying, I love you, son. I love you, daughter. I got something for you. Please come to me and find out what that is. And I encourage you to do that this week as to step closer to him as he brings things up in your heart when those emotions come in say god why why this and be that three-year-old why 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 and let him answer it and let him love on you we'll see you next week